Welcome to Financial Plan and Explain, and I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. I am here with my co-host, Kyle, Kyle Ryan, who's also a CFP, as well as a chartered financial consultant. Um, you know, we like to provide educational content and, where possible, uh, be entertaining, which half the people tell me I'm entertaining all by myself, but that's a separate issue. Um, but what we're going to talk about today is something I, I've got a, a great guest we've had the opportunity to meet uh, once before. His name is Andy Gerzak, and we're going to talk about public adjusting. Uh, that's a very different topic, but certainly has financial implications. I mean, if you really get down to risk management, which is one of the six areas of financial planning, risk management is the purchase of insurance. Okay. Well, you know, you buy insurance, whether it be homeowners insurance, automobile insurance, life insurance, disability, you name it. Okay. Well. You buy insurance that in the event that you have something come up, you put in a claim, and the intent of the claim is to get paid. However, one of the things that I've learned over time is insurance companies like to take your money, but aren't always very quick to give the money back out. With that, that's why we've got Andy on today. Andy, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, my name is Andy Gertrick. I'm the CEO, founder of All City Adjusting. Uh, we're a licensed public adjusting firm. Um, our home base here, our home office is here in uh, Northwest Indiana. Um, we cover 31 states and we advocate for the insured. Uh, we represent them when it comes to property damage, whether it's commercial, residential. Um, our specialty is large loss, mostly fire, hurricane, uh, large water losses, uh, commercial roofing, um, and claims like that. I myself was in construction. Uh, we immigrated, you know, uh, from Europe here uh, in '99. I was in construction. Um, then met a PA that was in the business for 40 years. That kind of took me under his wing, uh, taught me the entire industry. Um, all the 40 years of experience, I kind of uh, soaked in in three years, and then we ended up uh, opening up All City Adjusting, and uh, the rest was kind of history. And now we're here. Oh wow! So with you guys. So you've owned this business now for 20 years? Uh, ten, over 10 years that we've been incorporated. Okay, wow. good, nice. good. But you've yeah. been a public adjuster for how long? About 15 years. Nice, yeah, nice. Three, three or four years, if not longer, we were with her, uh, with her, but I was kind of learning the business uh, before we incorporated. Right, well, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, we had talked about this on, on prior episodes and I say it all the time. It's amazing what experience can do because it's also amazing how it seems like you constantly see things you've never seen before. Would you agree? Yeah, that's 100% accurate in our industry. Uh, after 10 years or after how many years it's been, there's no day that's the same. Every claim is different. Everything's so, everything changes. There's never, uh, never a constant with the claims, uh, claims, um, claims game, like the claims uh, uh, process. Well, it keeps it interesting. And we have the same thing in our industry. No two people are the same which you know makes it interesting makes it fun uh change of pace how many people do you have at all city uh in office seven and then three in uh on the field oh nice you got 10 people we say seven in the field i'm sorry seven in office seven, seven in, in office house, and then three in, yeah so coming from construction yeah, we've grown, uh we've grown pretty significantly especially in the last uh, couple of years so good Good. So, so coming from the construction background that you mentioned, how did you get into public adjusting? How did you meet Herb? How, how is it something that you found interest in? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of all by accident. I was working for a gentleman. We were doing fire restoration. Uh, Herb was actually the PA that was the, the main PA for the client. 
he ended up coming to the job because there was some disagreement with the insurance company while we were doing some work. Um, so then I asked my boss, you know, who that is. He kind of introduced me. And then for like two years, I would call her, you know, to teach me every day and kind of, hey, can you mentor me? And he kept blowing me off. And then after two years, finally, he's like, hey, you know, you're annoying, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny. That's funny. So That's funny. no choice. You know what? Persistence. I was very, I was very persistent. I was not going to give up. So. Absolutely. Persistence pays off. You know, it's you're right. And, and so you got it because of the fact that, you know what? Now, if I at least answer you, I don't have to deal with you bothering me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Out. He had no choice. So he's like, all right, man, let's let's go. I'm about to retire anyway. So let me just kind of show you everything. So then I got all this all this knowledge of, of 40 years of how he discusses claims with adjusters and how he handles himself uh, in front of insurance uh, adjusters just the whole game i mean it was uh, it was a lot to take in no i'm sure and you probably continue to learn every day too you know i know we do oh it's always something yep so are you one of the seven people in the office uh no there's seven i'm technically the you know the owner so no i don't consider myself one of the seven. Oh, okay but do you spend a lot of time in the field yourself I do. Um, now I've kind of changed my role. Um, we brought in kind of people that are handling the claims day to day. And I'm trying to really take uh, more, uh, kind of take myself out of the claims and more of growing the business, yep. uh, growing it with marketing, sales and putting teams together, um, you know, to, to have growth so we can move in and, and take on more claims and help more people. Of course. Well, the other thing, too, is that with your experience, you can also serve in a way as a consultant to your other staff members. Correct. I still overlook everything. We still have claims discussions when it comes to certain claims that we discuss them. We kind of come up with game plans how we're going to handle claims. Um, but like I said, I've taken a more role of trying to grow the business now and build a brand. Um, you know, it's hard to do it if you're just handling claims every day. Of you course. really do both. Of course. And, and well, Andy, you you'd mentioned that you'd, you'd mentor, you, you met your mentor when you were at a job site and there was an issue with a claim. Can you, can you do us a favor and educate us and the viewers on what exactly a public adjuster does? Yeah, please do. Correct. Yeah. So a public adjuster handles is an advocate for the insured, uh, whether it's commercial uh, or residential claim, um, whether you're a business owner, landlord, uh, or just a regular homeowner and you have a claim, that public adjuster handles that claim, the, the entire process. Usually, we most of the time, you want that claim process to be handled all the way from the beginning, all the way to the end. Um, we handle anything from business interruption to the coverage A, coverage B. Um, we negotiate the claims, settle them, um, make sure that the client gets uh, max settlement for each coverage, um, and then kind of walk them through the entire process and kind of hold their hand and help them through the process. Well, I could see the main thing with a public adjuster is serving as the advocate for the client because, you know, in my introduction, the insurance company is typically out there to try to save as much money as possible. And I've heard plenty of horror stories where a customer goes in, in fact, I, ironically, I just had one this week, um, where the insurance company was only offering a ridiculously stupid amount of something like $10,000, when in fact, it was about a $100,000 claim. And so they had to get a public adjuster involved with that. Uh, so it was an interesting story. Um, I have to imagine you have plenty of stories over the course of time. Correct. So, Correct. And that happens all the, the, when you say that, like, so they got a public adjuster involved after they, you know, most people get us involved once they see something's going on. Either they get a low ball offer or the claim's getting uh, delayed. Something's happening that triggers them to kind of 
look at, you know, to find or, you know, research help. And that's where they kind of find the public adjuster. Well, is that too late? No, it's not too late. Uh, but for majority of our clients, the like most of our clientele is going to be the like investors, landlords. Um, they'll call us right away. As soon as something happens, we'll get a call, um, and then we'll work the claim right from the beginning. Uh, but sometimes people do call us when it's six months of the claim, and then their claim has been denied. Then they reach out and say, you know, my claim was denied. What do I do? Well, it's too late. You've already told them everything. Like everything. Like it's it's too late for us to go back and take six months. You know, and go back in time and just erase six months of everything you've told them. I know. You know what? It reminds me of, you know, like legal counsel. You know, you get legal counsel and you said all kinds of dumb things that are going to be held against you that you bring the attorney in afterwards and you're, you're done. You're yep. toast. It sounds very yep. much exactly. the same way. Correct. Andy, what are, what are some discrepancies that, that you, as the public adjuster, find that the insurance company, you know, what, what you deem to be a value of something and what they deem to be a value of something, what are some of the common discrepancies that you see there that you're able to help your clients with? Discrepancies and what we're helping. Well, you have, to, you have to imagine the insurance company, the adjusters that are working, and everyone that's working for the insurance company is getting paid by the insurance company. So all their interest is based on the insurance company. Save them money. Where right. they used to be, you know, I for coverage. Now they're kind of looking, where can they delay the claim, deny it? I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing is policy, right? They're looking at the policy and looking at terms and seeing, okay, well, this is wear and tear, right? This is, this is you not maintain, this roof is wear and tear. You, you didn't maintain the roof. Well, that, it's not true because, you know, there is, if, if we're going to agree that there's damage to the roof and then the insurance company goes and denies the claim because they say, well, you didn't maintain the roof or the roof is old. Well, the roof is old. All that, all that says is that the depreciation should be much higher on that roof, right? The roof, we can agree, has damage, which should be covered, and now we can depreciate, not just say it's wear and tear has caused, you know, caused that damage. So they're trying to take terms uh, and use them against the insured. Um, anything they can find in that policy is kind of the biggest thing we're seeing, is where can they pull like, some kind of a term to deny the loss? Yeah, well, it goes back to what I say. Their, their goal is to pay as little as possible. It's, it's funny how insurance companies are that way, but you know what? That's how they become profitable. But people, it's hard for people to understand that. Uh, so we would try to educate people, and that's the worst part is when they call us too late or when they you know, notify us and say something happened and it's too late for us to help. Well, and, when you, when you, and when you talk to people right in the beginning, sometimes you know, we, offer, we, we have consultation with clients for free, and we explain to them what's going to happen, how the claim scenario is going to go, and what to expect. And they're like, ah, I've been with this company for 20 years, the agent's my neighbor, we're all great friends. Okay, no problem. Then they call us two months later, holy smokes, we got underpaid, they, or they don't wanna pay us this. Yeah, well now it's too, you know, because they just don't wanna, they're, they're just oblivious to what's going on. And no one's seeing what we see. Even agents don't know what's happening in the claims, uh, in the claims game, because no one's seeing it. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, it reminds me a little bit of our profession. It probably applies to almost every other profession. You don't know what you don't know. And, you know, so, so it raises the question, and I can see this philosophically as an individual saying, hey, I got, I got a claim, but I, I don't want to get a claims adjuster because I would get $10,000 from the insurance company, but if I get an adjuster, I'm going to get less than $10,000 by the time I get done paying you. So, therefore, it now raises the question, how do you get paid? Correct. So public adjusters get paid on contingency. It's usually a percentage of a claim. So for us, a starting percentage is 10% of the claim. 
So whatever the final claim amount is or whatever the final settlement is, it's 10% that gets paid when the client gets paid. Okay. So they have really nothing to lose. A lot of people uh, feel, you know, when it's their first time having a claim. So like, well, if we pay you, you're going to take 10%. Are we going to have enough to, to, to cover the claim? We always tell clients, you could probably pay us 30 40%, and then you still have more enough to pay a contractor and still have money to pay it. Like, you just, you'll have enough of everything. A lot of people are just don't, you know, it's just, they're more worried about the fee than, you know, than actually what the claim's going to be, what the process is going to be. Um, but it's unfortunate. So it's, it's hard Somewhere. to, it's hard to get through some people. And it's probably, you guys know, as financial advising, it's the same thing, right? You could, you could, you could tell them all day long about financial advising and what needs to be done. It's hard, right? Some people just get hung up on fees and, and, and commissions and, Yep. Oh, absolutely. The, the thing I'd say to that is price is only an issue in the absence of value. And, that is correct. And, and for your case, if they weren't going to get that money anyway, it's like an attorney. Hey, I'll charge you, you know, I'll take 15% if we win and it's nothing yeah. if we lose. And why not? It's or, a win-win for the client. You wouldn't have gotten it either way. Or they may say, well, I would have gotten the $10,000 anyway. Why should I pay $1,000 for that $10,000? When in fact, they wouldn't actually get the it. odds are probably greater that you'd get them more than 10,000 and more than pay for yourself. So some people, what they do is when they'll call, they'll say, well, let me wait and let me see what the insurance offers me and then we'll call you. And I, we always try to say it like that's not the case because by the time that happens, it might be two to three months by the time they offer you a settlement or they might just deny your claim because you already told them the wrong stuff. Like we have that same, like in Florida, we have a claim that's, that, that the owner called us and said, well, I'm going to call you. He, he ended up signing or with us a week after the fire happened. And in that week's time, he told the insurance company everything. Like it's so much that he told him the last history of his his whole life and everything that now there's like every investigator is involved and the claim is not getting paid. Right. Okay. But when we explain to him like, hey, we'll handle this. Just let us go. No, do everything. Just you just sit. You don't do anything. He's like, no, no, no. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. That's so, interesting. I'm glad you pointed that up. And each time you say that, it reminds me of an attorney. You know, attorney saying, hey, look, shut up. Don't say anything because anything you use will be used against you. <laughs> So actually, we're up against break already. Um, so Andy, if you could just hang on for one minute, uh, we're just going to be back to you in just a few moments. Uh, please stay tuned. We'll be back. Do you keep up regularly with your investments? Where exactly are your hard-earned dollars going? Are you financially prepared for an emergency? I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. We believe that education and knowledge are powerful, and we want our clients to understand why we are making the recommendations that we make. It's your money and you deserve to know where it's going because it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. So call us today to discuss your financial concerns. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. And we're here with Andy who is gonna continue on. Uh, we're talking about, he's a, he's a public adjuster. And where I'd like to pick up again, uh, I know Kyle brought it up at the beginning, or we talked about it before, I don't remember, but um, how's the industry changed? You, 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 you worked with Herb, who's been in it for 40 years. Uh, you saw it involved. Uh, Kyle has a client who is a public adjuster who's retired, and she pointed out that the industry has changed. But wh why don't you share with the audience? Yeah, the, the industry is definitely changing and it's changing drastically, um, it seems like every year. Um, and from insurance companies using, you know, not even adjusting claims no more, sending third parties for, you know, sending engineers, sending consultants, uh, 
spending every party that they can to get a report to deny, you know, it seems like to deny a claim, not pay, find reason not to pay a claim. Um, that, that's, that's happening. It's less, you know, it used to be so many adjusters for the insurance company that were, you know, staff adjusters that were local, that had experience in construction, where now you have, you know, 21, 22 year olds out of college writing estimates or trying to meet with you and you're trying to explain to someone that's never done any construction or any adjusting, uh, explain why they need to pay for something, right? And then from the PA industry uh, on our side, you know, it used to be very personal. You know, I was brought up on top everything to do, be done in person. You know, hey, you know, you get more done meeting someone in person, talking to them, creating some kind of a relationship, and that's always worked for us. It's something like, like we teach uh, in-house to all our staff is get on the phone, see if you can meet that person, that insurance company adjuster or whoever they're sending out in person, try to come in an agreement. Uh, but it seems like the industry is going more of let's do everything uh, through emails and texts and like, you know, no one wants to pick up the phone and, and be a person no more. Um, Did so COVID that's, that's, change that's that? one of them. Um, but we can, we can make a list and go, you know. Did you find that COVID changed things a lot in that regard? Because everything you're telling me, we are observing as well. Not as much, but I, I mean, did COVID change that? I think before COVID it was already changing. I think COVID just kind of made it more, made it more like re reassured the insurance companies like, hey, we can do more stuff remote, send these third parties and kind of made it more confirmed everything, I think. Right. So now it's, we're seeing it more and more, but it was already changing, um, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. So you also reference they're sending engineers out, et cetera, et cetera. And I could see you getting into battles, quite honestly. And Mike, let me tell you, let me really quick go into the insurance world. So if I'm, a, I'm trying to buy an insurance policy, right? And I call you because you're an agent. You tell me, hey, this is a good policy. You should have this. Oh, you have a finished basement. You should have this kind of insurance, you know, add on this. But now you could buy insurance from a website online, right? That's changing. So people are buying their own own insurance without an agent, ah. without any advice. Think about this: without anyone actually giving advice, like they're buying policies, they have no clue what they're buying. I know, you know it. And and then when something happens, the insurance company goes, "Well, you didn't tell us this, or this. Your roof was twenty years old. We don't pay for old. Well, you insured me. Well, you know, there's no agent to go. So it's it's a it's a it's definitely uh, it's just like getting financial advisor from some computer, right? And then when something happens, you're like, oh, well, who's there? You know. You know, I was thinking when I first got my car insurance, I was like, wow, you know, this got so much cheaper. Little did I realize I just cut every single right. and, you know, <laughs> protection and that's, off. You know, and they, and they, they announced that, yeah. and I'm going to leave the, the, the company name out, well, we could save you 15% because we could cut your coverage yeah. by 15%. So, you but know, they, and but they never, t they never tell you that. They say, uh, hey, come to our side. I, I just that. see the savings on my end. I don't think about what it'll cost in the back. You, uh, you know yeah. what, Andy, and you bring up, it, it's amazing. You're right. So many people say, well, I can do this. Okay. And, you know, 1-800-DIAL-A-WILL. You're like, I want to I get a will. And they go in and they get a will. The problem is, is that if they did it with an attorney, they got a consultant who's helping them. Because you, be, you don't know what you don't know. And I can't begin to... Yeah emphasize that so i'm glad you said that because you know we run into it in our industry and you obviously run into yours so you pointed out that you have 31 states that you caught me off guard when you said that uh, how can you handle 31 states is it cost effective uh, how do you do it or is that your three guys running around the building up no. flyer miles no so so we focus you know 
when uh, I was brought up uh, in the industry and I was learning the industry, we were only doing fire losses, fire adjusting. So, you know, I grew up with doing, you know, I grew up and I got into this industry adjusting and doing claims, large, large claims, large loss, we call it, with like fire claims, you know, pipe burst on the third floor, flooded the whole house, you know, a hurricane came in, knocked the whole house down. So we do large claims. So those claims, we have a staff where we can travel and it's financially sound for us to travel and handle claims. And people, you know, it, it, there's no difference if you hire in terms of, you know, they're like, well, I'd rather get a local company. Well, you have to be careful because 90% of public adjusters do storm, you know, storm, you know, hail, residential claims. You have to know who you're hiring. You know, we specialize in large loss. Yeah, okay. Um, I can give you an example. We just did a church uh, in Indiana. It was, a, you know, it was a, they received a settlement offer of seven something, almost 800000 We We wrapped that claim up for $3 million. Yeah, no, okay, there you go. The thing about that's 2.2 million increase. You know, whether that's in Alaska, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, we specialize in it. So our team's big enough to go. If we have to send the whole team, because there's so many different uh, uh, coverages that we're handling, that's what we do. I mean, uh, we have the team to, right now we have the team big enough to handle each state. And that's why I took the step back to kind of keep growing to make sure we can handle the influx of claims we're getting. And, and that was a really good point because it made me think earlier when you mentioned that there are, you know, these insurance companies, it seems like they're geared to try and deny more claims than approve them. So and they're sending out more technically sound, you know, engineers rather than people who may have been in construction. Yep. They're sending out the engineers. Does that force you as a company? And you mentioned it already that you are niching. Do you have to be more technically sound yourselves in order to combat, you know, these these engineers that are coming out to try and disprove these claims, or do you hire consultants yeah. as so well? We, yeah, so we have, you know, we have whether what state we're working in, we have vendor vendors that we call on um, that have been in, for example, in roofing or you know, uh, engineering or any other if we need to, right? It's rare. We have a trained staff. I was in constructions for, for construction for a long time, so I know, uh, you know, even when whatever loss it comes to, even the church we just did, that loss that they brought a consultant that the insurance company sent in a consultant and I'm like, oh wow, the guy you know, comes in, gets off his car, he's like, yeah, I've been building churches my whole life. So I'm like, wow, this guy knows his stuff. And then we start walking and discussing the building. I'm like, shit, he knows, he knows as much as me, if not less. About You're right, church. I know, that's funny. And at that point I realized, I'm like, you know, he comes up and I kind of, I'm like, man, he's been doing this for a long time. He really knows his stuff. After we discussed it, I'm like, he knows less. He doesn't know, you know. <laughs> Um, we just did a, we were just in Florida for a clay, a uh, large roof, for a residential roof. Um, and they said they were going to send an engineer and the guy comes out, we start talking, we're like, so do, what engineer are you, you know, structure, uh, structural, forensic, what, you know, professional. He goes, no, I'm not an engineer. I'm just a, a architect, but I have my roofing consultant like, or something. So they sent out an ar architect to meet with us and the roofer, you know, to discuss, can the roof be repaired or not? Yeah. Right. Do so you think about that? I know. You well, know, you know, again, and that's what that's what they're doing. So if the if the homeowner of the insured doesn't have someone on their side, like a PA, like someone that knows what they're talking about, then I mean, they're, you know, you're 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 really in a bad situation. Well, so you reference your large claims. Uh, I don't know. Do you have minimums? Do we have minimums? We like to work claims, you know, hundred thousand and up. Okay, is kind of our, our basis. But we have so many uh, investors and, and long-term clients that's been with us that that's how kind of we grew, by the way. We grew because we had so many investors that had properties in different states. So as they grew their portfolio, we grew with them. Yeah. So we would then reciprocate and get a license in the next day and next day and get offices and keep growing. So we grew with them. So now, you know, now we'll, we do smaller claims for clients that we've had for a long time. 
But right. we just did one uh, for one of our wrestlers. Uh, it was a smaller claim, only 30000 Uh This was in uh, Georgia, that we flew to Georgia. But he got offered. We went there. I know his initial offer from the insurance company was less than his deductible. We just finished up. It's almost 30000 right? So on the smaller side, but that's a long-term client, so we'll always help out. And of course, Trust me, we, we fully understand that concept. So, uh, and so, I mean, how do you, how do people outside of the state know of you or find you or, you know, you're building a, a brand and a reputation, but if you're located either, uh, you know, in the Midwest, you have clients yeah. who may have portfolios around, but how do you identify that company that, that or the, the um, potential homeowner or business owner who sustained a loss from a hurricane in Florida? Yeah, we have offices in different states um, that we have other people working, so that helps. Yeah. We do a good job marketing. So last two years, we've built online, really online, like a help network of all these blogs and all these articles about what to do when you have a claim, whether it's fire, fire claim, water claim. And we're trying to, you know, build education platform because that's how people people really start looking like what to do, what to do after a fire loss. You know, well, what do I do if the insurance company is lowballing me? articles like that and we're just trying to educate and once people kind of start reading that's when they start reaching out to us that's funny you say that so in other words you better have and this is my recommendation to you because i'm finding that we're getting a lot of people calling into us it's a function of having a good website yeah the website's huge our marketing our marketing team and what we've done with our website and our articles i mean i'll i i mean we're what we've done in two years and where we're going that's why that's why you mentioned that I take a step back because if I don't, you know, we'll get an influx of leads and we won't be ready to take in and we won't be able, we won't be ready for the growth. So I'm trying to make sure that the company's ready for growth um, and we can expand. And again, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't help if we get 10 more clients a day if we can't help them, right? So we want to make sure we can actually help the claims we take in. So my favorite recent story is a client of mine who lives in Santa Barbara, California. Do you remember they had the wildfires out there? Well, yes, sir. So, you know, he, he, he had his little scooter and he's tooling around and, and he comes by this house and they lived up on Riviera and there's like house after house after house are three to five million dollar homes. And he gets by the one house and there's a fire truck parked in the driveway. And he's like, OK, that was kind of interesting. So he drives up and there's firemen hanging out outside. And if I, there's anybody I love more is firemen. And he's like, you know, what are you doing here? He's like, ah, you know, we're hired by the insurance company to sit here and to protect these five houses because those five houses were worth about $30 million. These guys were from Minnesota. The insurance company is paying these guys or paying the fire department or whatever, $55,000 a month to take a fire truck and three firemen and just sit there. Because if one of those homes went down, they just protected a loss of millions of dollars to the insurance company. That was pretty interesting. I thought that was a pretty, uh, you know, not that it's exactly. I've never, I've, I haven't heard of that. That's that's wild. But it but makes I mean, sense. I, I, could see them. I mean, it's it's much less to protect their, those buildings uh, now before, you know, than after. So. Uh, you're absolutely correct. And I thought about that. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's a great idea. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. And just so you know, you know, when, just when it comes to clients like that with insurance companies, you know, our battle isn't, you know, we're not here to bash insurance companies or like, especially us, like our company to bash insurance companies or of they're course a business, not. They're, they're a business to make profit. 
right? They have a the model to build to to you know take in premiums, pay claims when 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 they have to, and and fight them when they like. I mean, that's their business model, and we have nothing against it. And the p- claims we help, or the people we help, are people that are really in need, that really got low balled, or people that like we know need help. Um, you know, there's people that call in that you know are trying to make a claim when there's no claim to be made, right? Right. And that's and that's where we we draw we draw the line and say, hey, you know, insurance company's there to pay you when something happens, but it's not your you know it's not your saving. Like they don't owe you to maintain your house or paying your house and all that stuff. Right, and and I'm sure you come across a lot of ethical or unethical right. people out there trying to create a claim when really like you like you yeah. just said. That's great. Correct, and it's both sides, right? Yeah, it's so we see it all the time. Um, so that's why we, we do our due diligence when we, we take on new clients. Great. Hey, is there anything else that you want to add? Because we're, uh, we're wrapping up the show, if you can believe that already. Is there anything else that you'd like no. to add? Yeah, uh, no. I mean, if, just wrap it up for your listeners. If they want to find us, if they want to, you know, Google All City Adjusting, uh, my name, Andy Gerchuk. I mean, we have videos out there. We have blogs out there. They could call us at 844-MY-ADJUSTER. I mean, there's, it's really easy to get a hold of us. We're, if you type in public adjuster pretty much anywhere in America, we usually come up number one, so. Yeah, Keith, do you have that slide of his uh, contact information that you can pop up? Yeah, I do. Okay. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> He's the producer and the owner of the TV studio. We happen to have the owner of the studio serving as the producer today. What a beautiful thing. So... <laughs> But uh, anyway, no, that's that, Andy. That's terrific, you know. And and I appreciate you taking the time uh, to explain what it is you do because you helped me understand it and to better understand the value that the public adjusters bring to the table. And you know, someone should call you first. And correct me if I'm wrong. They call you first. You may just say to them, "Hey, you know what? You either don't have a claim, or your claim is really yeah. simple. You probably don't need me." or hey you really do have something here you serve as a consultant to the client we we take we take calls all we we have about i don't know we have a large volume of claims we take or calls we take every day we're we're literally just telling people hey this is the situation you don't really need a pa or hey you need this or you know this is how you know we it's free so people don't understand like it's free to call us it's free to talk to us it's free to have your like policy reviewed. We 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 look over policies for clients all the time. Um, you know, we try to help as many people and as much as we can. Um, that's kind of how we build our business. And then you know, if something does happen, oh, hopefully we get that call. By the way, you know, we do the same thing. You know, we receive calls, emails, things along that nature often. Um, and you know, if. If someone calls and you can help them out during the course of a 10 or 15 minute phone call, guess what? We're happy to help them. You know, it doesn't need to. to... Yeah, that's how we feel. So great. Do you have anything you wanted to ask or add? No, Andy, this was this was very informational. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is good to know because, you know, hey, guess what? When people have uh, situations, oftentimes they call us and let us know, oh, my goodness. Hey, guys, we we just had a situation because, you know, they're, they're calling us as the financial advisors. Anytime there's something big that happens and, you know, a claim or a loss is something big that happens. And, you know, um, it, this is good to know. So uh, thank you for explaining how public adjusting works. And thank you for being a guest on our show. 
And with that, I'm wrapping up. And, you know, to all of the viewers, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you on our next show. And thank you again, Andy. Thank you, Kyle, for joining us. And we will see you next time on the next episode of Financial Planning Explained. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week.